Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you on this beautiful Sunday morning and we thank you for the freedom and the privilege to assemble together in your name. Yet, Lord, we ask that you would help us to attend to the business of this day, and that is to learn more about you, to allow the Holy Spirit to convict each one of us of our need for a Savior and our need to surrender our lives to you, not just in the big things, but every day in each and everything. Lord, that our worship here this morning would change the way we live every moment of this coming week. We ask for your grace that we may give glory to your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And you may be seated. John chapter 1. This morning I would like to preach about life and light. And there's certainly a connection between those two things. Uh, awful lot uh, in the news about global warming and how the sun is going to, uh, 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 things are going to heat up and all of this. And, of course, my favorite uh, little statement is, I do believe in global warming and we're glad of it because without the heat of the sun, all life would cease to exist on earth in a very short time. Uh, global warming does come from the sun and we should enjoy it. Amen. Uh, So much of the rest of what is in the news is just simply made up. And uh, we look here in John chapter 1 and verse 4, it says, In Him, talking about Jesus, in Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth into darkness... And the darkness comprehended it, comprehendeth it, comprehended it not. Let's try that again. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. I am glad that the first thing that God created was light. And we talk about all the things that uh, in, in this world, and how many times has someone asked you, did you see it? Do you see it? Uh, how many of you took algebra in high school? Uh, I'll guarantee you, your teacher stood before the class and said, do you see it? And everybody said, No. And he had to explain it, or she had to explain it over again until all of a sudden, all of those letters start making numbers, and it works. And it's a great thing, and it teaches you how to think in all of those things. But the idea is here, even in our day and time, what is one of our favorite little things? It's a little light bulb above somebody's head. How many of you have seen that? Hey, the light's on. Something's working there. And John, as he wrote these words, somewhere between 50 and 60 A.D., that was a few years ago before Edison invented the light bulb and all of these things, he's talking about Jesus and he says, In Him is light. Men are always seeking 
light. If you want an interesting study, just one of those trivial things, study the torch uh, of the Statue of Liberty. And uh, the original designer had said, I want to put a gilded torch there and shine a light on it. And the, uh, when it got over here and they assembled it, they said, oh, no, no, that needs to be a real, real light. And so they made a torch and it killed all the birds. And they said, oh, we can't do that. And so then they did something else. And finally, in 1986, they gilded it and shined a light on it like the original designer had designed in the 18. Uh, maybe he had a good idea there, huh? But... We talk about seeing things. We talk about light. And one of the things that is just amazing to me, there is no such thing as a simple, single definition of the word light. Light goes beyond scientific description. We can take light... And we transfer data in it. We have what we call fiber optics. And you can take one cable and put thousands of conversations on it, back and forth, all at the same time. On the copper cables, you can only have one conversation going at one time. It's an amazing technology, and yet... We can take light and concentrate it in a laser beam and burn a hole through inches of tempered steel. Light's an incredible thing. And without light, life ceases to exist. We must have light. And the Bible tells us In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Now, I want you to turn with me to Genesis chapter 1, if you would. And as we look there, I want to remind you of something. We read verse 5 that said, The light shined in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Uh, Darkness has never, ever put out the light. In fact, if you want darkness, you must turn off the light. You must put out the light. In fact, if you go to uh, any place where they sell blinds, you'll have to read very carefully the label because they have room, uh, they have light filtering blinds, they have light uh, darkening blinds, and then they have light blocking blinds. And so if you want your room completely dark when you fold the blinds down, you've you've got to get those ones that no light passes through. But most of us would prefer to have the ones that just darken the room. Uh, If you've ever stayed out in the country anywhere where there's no lights and street lamps and stuff, you turn out the lights and, I mean, it gets dark. It gets dark very fast. And it gets very, very dark. Uh, In fact, most of the time when we go out there, my little kids are going, Hey, Dad, can we have a nightlight? And say, What do you want a nightlight for? You want to sleep. You can't see any. But it, it just feels better. 
they want to go to bed with the light on and wake up with the light on. I, I don't know how all that works, but that's the way uh, we are. And we look here in chapter 1 of the book of Genesis, and it says, In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. Light. God created light. You'll notice the sun and the moon and the stars didn't come along till day four. So where was the light coming from? What was the source of the light that God created? Does anybody know? The Bible tells you. This is Genesis chapter 1. You have to go the whole way to Revelation chapter 21. But when it talks about the new Jerusalem, the heavenly city that God brings, what is the source of the light in that city? Do we need to look it up? How many people say, Pastor, I know, I know. The Lamb is the light of the city. The light comes from the presence of Jesus Christ. Do you think that may be one reason why we can't define light? Light was the first thing created, yet its source is God. And light goes beyond our definition, but it says that light and life are connected. As a human being, you're going to deal with the issue of death. We all have loved ones that are passed from this life into eternity. But I I remember uh, a preacher friend of mine, not a close friend, but uh, I knew him. And uh, we uh, knew his uh, uh, daughter. We were actually in their wedding. It was just a couple weeks before ours and their youngest son. Grandpa had passed away with cancer, and uh, we were out at Heartland, and they were there, and their youngest son comes walking up, and, and I looked at his mother, and I said, wow, that's your dad. That is your dad. And she just looked, and it was just a week or two after the funeral, and she just looked and smiled and says, yeah, I know. You see, we get comfort. What do we call that? Light. Amen? Isn't that light? It helps us see through our tears. It helps us understand that life goes on. Life is the light that helps us deal with everything that we face. There are few problems. My one daughter, Ruthie, came to me last night and said, Dad, I think I got something in my toe. So what do you do? Get out the magnifying glass. When that doesn't work, 
you get out a bright light and the magnifying glass. And now you can see that there was something there and it had to be removed. And, and, and nothing serious, no surgery required, no stitches, nothing, just a little irritant. How many of you have had a splinter? And you can't see it until you get the light on it. See, light is a wonderful, wonderful thing. And the Bible tells us, let's go back to John chapter 1. We're going to spend most of our time there this morning. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. I want to challenge you as we start our study of life and light that the first statement of denial for anyone who does not want to accept the Bible as God's truth, the first statement of denial is that there is no creator. Why do you think evolution is taught in all of our schools today? That anyone who would stand up, Baylor University, I don't know if it's true today. It was about 10 or 15 years ago when I came across this statistic. Baylor University was a Southern Baptist college. It was started to train preachers for the ministry. And uh, when I read the article on Baylor, it was talking about creation is taught at Baylor, but not in the Bible department. It was only taught as an alternative to evolution in the science department. You've come a long way from the truth, haven't you? You see, the first statement of denial is that of the Creator. Because if there is no Creator, then I can be my own God. In fact, I am my own God. I must be my own God because I'm the biggest and the greatest and the best thing that has ever come along in my life. I hope you got the sarcasm there. But it's not sarcasm if you open up the newspaper and listen to the politicians because it's exactly what they believe now, isn't it? Because they deny the Creator. It is the first truth that must be dealt with if man is going to become his own God. If there is a Creator, and the Bible clearly states that there is, then we as created beings have a responsibility to the Creator. That's why this verse is in here. That's what the order is. The Bible says in the book of Revelation that Jesus is the beginning of the creation of God. And, and our friendly neighborhood Jehovah's Witnesses there, they, they just love to uh, uh, come up and say, See, see, Jesus was the first thing created. And it's in there. Uh, I wish you could read English. Hello? The grammar? Jesus is the beginning of the creation of God because creation began with Him. 
He is the Creator, and with Him and without Him was not made anything that was made. We just read that verse. In Him was life. Life has a source. Life cannot begin from death. You say, oh, but they did all those, uh, uh, all, all those uh, uh, experiments in the 1950s that proved the biogenesis that, uh, that there could have been life generated from the primordial pool of ooze. Boy, who came up with that? Anyway, uh, all those experiments were faked. They could not do them in a normal earth atmosphere because the oxygen in the earth would destroy the formation of the nucleic acids that would, were needed to develop the RNA that builds the DNA until finally you get life. It couldn't happen. It's mathematically impossible. Even without all of the fake data that man does. You see, we come to this first statement here. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. We live in a dark world, do we not? We live in a world full of dark deeds. We live in a world full of evil men perpetrating evil upon other men and women. Isn't that the world in which we live? And every once in a while we'll get someone who will hold a Bible in their hand and do some horrible thing. But could I challenge you to have enough light in your life to understand that no person ever obeying the Word of God has perpetrated evil on another human being? That has never happened in human history. You must deny the words of this book called the Bible. You must go against the character and the truth of who God is, you must deny everything that is in that book to perpetrate evil on your fellow mankind. Jesus is the epitome, the picture, the definition of selflessness. Could we say amen to that? Of giving of Himself. What did He gave everything for us? He gave up heaven's glory to be born in Bethlehem's manger. As we read on through this passage, it tells us that there was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness, to bear witness of the light that all men through Him might believe. He was not that light, talking about John, but was sent to bear witness of that light. Verse 9, that was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. Was talking with someone about witnessing to different people groups who do not base their understanding of the world on the Bible, and yet 
I believe the place that you need to start is where Jesus started with the woman at the well. Sin. The Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You know what? I've never met an honest person that wanted to argue that point. But I've met an awful lot of dishonest people. Well, I, I, I didn't do that much. We're not talking about that much. Does anybody remember Al Capone? He was a terrible gangster in the, in the 30s and did a lot of bad things. They actually hauled him into court. Do you know what one of the things that he said to try to defend himself was? He said, you got to understand all of the good things I did in Chicago. Do you know that Al Capone fed as many hungry men as the government did in the handouts in the Great Depression? Of course, then he took those full men into the back room and took whatever they had in gambling and other vices and other things like that. But Al Capone fed a lot of hungry people. Does that negate the murders and the, all the wrong things? No. Good never pays for bad. You see, the Bible says, That was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. See, one thing I don't have to argue too much. How many people remember before you were saved? You were an adult or maybe even a teenager. Do you remember the guilt that you felt when you knew you were doing something wrong? I've had a few people say, I didn't feel guilty. Oh, I, I think you need to get your memory fixed. The psychiatric wards stuffed to the brim with people demonstrate the fact that people feel guilty about the things that they do wrong without the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. How many of you as a Christian have felt the pulling of the Holy Spirit at your heart strings when you decided to stray from the truths that were in this book called the Word of God? Can we say amen to that? That's what this verse 9 means. It says, that was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. It's amazing to me that you cannot find a people group on the face of the earth, even the aborigines, where murder was not a crime. Where did they get that idea? Oh yeah, sometimes murder was condoned by society, if someone killed you, then you went and killed them and all uh, killed their friend or, or all of these things happening. But there was, there's never been a group of people anywhere known to mankind that did not have an institution of marriage where one man, I mean, where man married woman, period. Uh, maybe they had multiple wives or multiple husbands, but there was marriage and murder was always a crime. Where did that all come from? Well, the Bible there says the true light has lighted every man that comes into this world. But you see, we got to get specific about that light. That's why there was a man sent from God whose name was John. 
He came to bear witness of that light. And we get to verse 10 and it says, He was in the world and the world was made by Him and the world knew Him not. Now, could you imagine Jesus? Years ago, someone sent us uh, an advertisement for um, a uh, cartoon uh, film strip type thing to help children understand the Word of God. And if you remember, Ted and Franz were studying and preparing for the ministry back then. I said, boys, this is going to be good. Let's, let's watch this thing. And so we took the, thing, uh, the uh, sample that they gave us, and it was Jesus as a little boy going to the temple for the first time with his mother and Mary when he stayed behind. And here's what they had Jesus doing. Oh, the temple. Wow, look at these buildings and... And the sacrifice. Wait a minute. Do you think Jesus, the creator of the heavens and the earth, was impressed by the buildings of man? Excuse me? Doesn't that border on blasphemy, my friend? Jesus had made himself captive in the body of a human being. But he never stopped being God. He already knew all of those things. You see, he came into his own world and he he came unto his own. The next verse says in and, and his own received him not, because the Jewish people by that time had built so many traditions around the Word of God that they weren't even paying attention to the Word of God anymore. And when Jesus looked at those Pharisees and said, I'm speaking of my Father whom you know not. If I should say I know him not, I'd be a liar like you are. And they couldn't understand him and couldn't receive him. But look at verse 11 and 12. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. It was Jesus that said, Broad is the way and wide is the gate, wide is the gate and broad is the way which leadeth unto destruction, and many be that go in thereat, but straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and what? Few there be that find it. You see, sometimes it's easier in this world to just say I'm not going to deal with it 
How many of you have gone home to a messy house, unwashed dishes, and said, I'm just going to turn the light off and go to bed. I'm just not going to worry about it. Has anybody ever done that? I used to do that when I didn't have other people to say, you who washed, no. Uh, uh, When I lived on my own, it was very easy to do. I'll tell you, it is the natural response of a human being not to want to turn on the light and be examined. But can I challenge you? How many of you remember the struggle that was in your heart and life to turn on the light of this book and receive the life that only Jesus can give. If you have found Him as your Savior, could you say amen to that? That wasn't a pleasant experience. As you begin to understand who you are and what you've done and how offensive your life is to a holy God, But as you receive the light, you begin to understand that only Jesus. Let's turn to John chapter 14, if we could. John chapter 14. This is the ending of the Last Supper, as it is called. Jesus is very shortly going to begin the journey. Uh, across the city of Jerusalem to the Garden of Gethsemane where he'll be arrested. And he is telling the disciples, Let not your heart be troubled. And verse 6, Jesus said unto them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. I want to challenge you today that In Him is life. In Jesus is life. And that life is the light of men. It is the light to see the way. How many of you have struggled with trying to find your way through this life? Making life's decisions. And saying, how do I know for sure what is true and what isn't? You have to go to the source of life, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. And allow the light of that life to open your eyes so that you can see. Jesus was not just making a statement here. He was defining the only way of salvation. He said, I am the way. No person has entered the dominion and the domain of hell without first positively rejecting the light that is in this book called the Bible. You can't do it. Say, well, I just choose to ignore. Well, wait a minute. When those little lights in New York City blink yellow and red and green, you know, every once in a while we have some person that just chooses to ignore those. Some of you may remember this was about 10, 12 years ago, right down here in 31st Avenue, 34th Street. 
Someone was driving at a very high rate of speed down 34th Street, T-boned a car on 31st Avenue, and a person went into eternity because they chose to ignore the lights. You choose to ignore the light of Jesus Christ, and it won't just be a traffic accident or a cemetery marker. It'll be an eternity. Jesus said, I am the way. He said, I am the truth. Just hours after making that statement, he would be in Pilate's judgment hall, the Roman governor. And the Roman governor would ask the question, what is truth? When truth was standing right there in front of him. A few hours after the sun came up the next morning, as he was standing there in front of the crowd trying to figure out what to do, he said, I'm just going to wash my hands. He said, it's your problem. You take care of it. I wonder if he's still trying to wash his hands in his Christless eternity because he missed The way, the truth. How many of you have found life in Jesus Christ and have found that life? It's okay, yeah, raise your hands. If you can't testify here, where are you going to testify? How many can say, I see the light and the life that Jesus has given me since I got saved? Did you say that this morning? That's, that's my testimony. Every good thing that has happened in my life. And I'll tell you, I've got a lot of good things that have happened in my life. And it's all been because of Jesus Christ. There is no access to God except through Jesus Christ. And if you want the seed of all false religion, right there it is. Someone or someone else or some organization tries to put themselves in the equation. You meet your, uh, the nice little Mormon elders that are younger, and they'll tell you that, listen, we, we believe in the Bible. We, we love the Bible. But if you really want to understand it, you got to have Joseph Smith's books. Wait a minute. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So if someone else is in the equation, you say, well, but, but see, <clears throat> the, the, the Pope is, is the, the vicar of Christ on earth. He, he is the substitute since Jesus is here, isn't here. He, he's the one that we go to. Oh, really? Can you find me one verse in the Bible where Jesus said, I'm going away, and so I'm going to leave Peter in charge. It's, it's not there. Jesus knew a little better. In fact, let me not be sarcastic. Let me just 
you cannot find one instance in this book or in history or anywhere else where God advocated his authority and his power and his position to a man. Never, ever, ever. Because if God did that, he would cease being God. Because no man can handle being as good as God is good. Amen? Are we together on this? You see, God is good, is He not? He is the rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. And He is not going to allow some man to interfere with His goodness. He wants you to come directly to Him. That's why Jesus made this statement here. And if we'll just turn a page or two in your Bible to John chapter 19 and verse 30, it says, When Jesus had therefore received the vinegar, He said, will you read those next three words out loud with me? It is finished. And He bowed His head and gave up the ghost. You know, we need light to see that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. In Him was life, and that life is the light of men. It is a light to see and understand. It is a light to see and understand that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. There's no access to God, but It is light to see and understand that it is finished. It it breaks my heart. Every time I give someone the gospel message, when I talk to someone and, well, well, Pastor, I just, I, I really believe there's something left for me to do. Well, then why did Jesus say it is finished on the cross? I had one person tell me one time, I I just don't believe that. I don't believe that there's nothing for me to do. I'm supposed to do something to help. And I always go back to John chapter 3, when Jesus said, except a man be born again. Jesus likened the physical birth to the spiritual birth. There's never been a baby Contrary to all mythology, there's never been a baby that has helped its mother give birth to itself one little bit. Now, there are babies that have complicated the process quite a bit. They'll they'll put a foot in the wrong place or a hand in the wrong place or turn or twist or do something. I mean, babies can make it a little more complicated for the birthing process, but really... Truly, without exception, no baby has ever helped its mother give birth. Not possible. You see, the baby is in the need, not the mother. I just wish our doctors could understand that birth 
is not a disease that needs to be cured. It's just a natural process in which they could aid if they would put their energies in that direction. Another sermon, another day. But it's so true in the spiritual realm that it's impossible to deal with all the variations. Everybody wants to be the exception to the rule. Everybody wants to be different. Everybody says, well, you don't understand my case. Excuse me. I don't have to understand your case because Jesus already did. You see, in Him is life. And that life that He gives is the only light that we as a human race have. That light shines into darkness. And the darkness cannot comprehend. They cannot stop the light of the love of Jesus Christ. I've told the story uh, on more than one occasion, but I was called to jury duty many years ago. Probably the reason I haven't been called back since, I don't know, but the prosecuting attorney said, uh, 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 Mr. Montoro, you have on your uh, card here that you're a, a minister, you're a reverend. And I said, yes, ma'am. And she said, well, do you think you could actually sit in judgment of another human being? And and I, I looked at her and I said, well, ma'am, I, that's... Uh, uh, I said, that, that, that is my duty, is to take the principles that are in the Bible, God's Word, and help people to see themselves in it. And she snapped back, but you can't use the Bible in this courtroom! And I said, well, last time I checked, every law on the books was only trying to help us keep the Ten Commandments. And the courtroom broke out in applause. And I didn't get picked for the jury for some strange reason. I got a high five from the bailiff on the way out. That was, that was a lot of fun. You see, the people in that courtroom, in spite of the prosecuting attorney and all of their things, they, they had refused to see the light. But there were still people that saw the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Every good thing that any human being does to another human being is because of who Jesus is. How many of you love New York City at Christmas time? Isn't that a fun time? Have you ever stopped and thought the only goodwill that some people have toward other people comes at Christmas time? But it's still because of Jesus. Not because of any church, not because of any organized religion. See, when he was on the cross, he said, it is finished. You see, only God can satisfy his claim of holiness. He didn't leave that up to man. That's why Jesus suffered so on the cross. Amen? Only the work of Christ. And we read in Hebrews, we went over this last week, so we'll just read it, I'll just read it to you very carefully. Hebrews 4.3 says, For we which have believed do enter into rest. As he said, I have sworn in my wrath that they shall enter into my rest. 
although the works were finished from the foundation of the earth. You see, everything that Jesus did was already completed in the mind of Christ before he said, let there be light. That's the goodness of God. Light gives sight. Light gives life. But if you'll remember, the order was the other way around in 1 John chapter 1 and verse 4. In Him was life. And the life was the light of men. Do you have that light? You can't have it until you get life from Jesus first. The works were finished before God created the heaven and the earth. And I'll tell you, if I just listened to the news and everything that was out there, I'd be rather discouraged. But you know something? No matter how dark it gets in the world, I have a light that shines through it. And I'm going to keep serving Jesus till He comes. How about you? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before You this morning and we're thankful that Your Word is true. And Lord, we're thankful that You are the source of life and light in this world. And Lord, we ask that You would work in our hearts and help us to understand how good and true and right You are. That the works were finished before the foundation of the world. And Lord, we're thankful that there is only one way to heaven, and that is through Jesus Christ. We ask that You would encourage us to live for You through this coming week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As Andrew comes to lead the hymn of invitation, if you need to come and pray, the altar's open. If you're here today without salvation, would you allow us to take the Bible and simply show you how you may know your sins are forgiven and heaven's your home.